post loudness. Audio on the French. Leave it on the prayer. Take my hand. We'll make it out so weird. Leave it on the prayer. We just broke the headphones again no you're good now okay yeah i'm good all right okay this is the open-ended <clears throat> this is the open-ended open podcast. podcast where two best friends discuss tech culture Ooh, got, that, says. got that vocal fry going on Ooh. got that vocal fry mm, this is the open-ended podcast pass that fr- catch up because your voice on fry, fry. This is the Open End Podcast, where two best friends discuss tech, culture, and a side of sass. I'm James T. Green, and I f- forgot how much I love sweatpants. Today is laundry day, and I have been dressed up all of the last two days, and I really am enjoying my sweatpants and sweatshirt. I feel like I'm running errands. I feel like I am my parents. It feels great. There's a really great Patton Oswalt joke about the miracle of sweatpants, and I feel like you would definitely, definitely relate. I'm so happy right now. Like, I forgot how good it feels to just be, just, it's like free range, man. Okay. You do whatever you want. Okay. Not like that. (laughs) Bruh. That's what I'm saying, bruh. All right, anyway. And I'm sure Vincent, and um, after that visual aid that I will never be able to erase from my brain, um, I'm really, I just got a massage. Braggy brag, I got a massage and it was great. And um, my shoulders don't feel as tense. She was like, I was complaining about my lower back, and then she got to my shoulders. Like, oh, this is where all the tightness is at. Like, yeah, that's just my normal feeling. I don't actually <laughs> realize it's tight because it's always that way. Yes. So uh, anxiety, uh, but yeah, anxiety is something. Well, how are you, James? I'm doing good, especially because of what we're going to talk about today. I know. Um, people have been asking about it. I've gotten several tweets. A couple of emails. Yeah, there were a couple of things that happened. There is, yeah, some, some, uh, the world's changed a little bit. Yeah, it has. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's one way to put it. Yeah, and, um, it's exciting to be able to, to, like, sit here and talk about some of my favorite people in music for the next, I don't know, hour or so. But, um, yeah, we're going to talk about it. We're going to dig deep and try to, um, talk about, um, these artists in a way that hasn't really been discussed since everything piece has been produced in the last few <laughs> weeks and I just I can't I, I don't want to start hating the products and start hating the music because mm-hmm. so many people have been you know analyzing it but um, of course if you haven't figured it out by now we're gonna, we're gonna talk about um, the new Lemonade album from Beyonce but also some other musical artists that have been doing stuff um in and, on, in and around online for the past couple of weeks yeah kind of in the same vein mm-hmm. and yeah it's just like we kind of we were like realizing like what's our place in this Indeed. and we really realized that like we have like such a strong interest in ownership online and Indeed. like this idea of like what you put into the world and what you put in the internet like when does it become yours or when it, like or that. when does it stop becoming yours right which i think is something that's a conversation that people don't really talk about as much um, it's really something that intrigues me because um, what we're doing right now was put online, and it just—it's that fine line when it com- when it stops being your product, when you craft it and make it your own, and you start putting it online, and then when it becomes online, everyone analyzes it, dissects it, strips it away, 
and makes it into whatever they decide it is. Mm-hmm. You know? um, well, I think you should start because you're honestly the musical expert on this show. All right. I'm not, I'm not exactly comfortable with that title, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> Resident music expert, Cher Vincent. Oh, geez. All right. Um, well, I'm, um, I hate starting it off, but like with Prince's passing a few weeks ago, he actually passed away two weeks ago today, which is still crazy to me that he's not with us anymore. But um, he was um, one of the pioneers as far as self-releasing his own music. He was one of the pioneers in that regard. He had left um, Warner Brothers back in the 80s because he was releasing too much content, too much. He was just releasing, he was producing and releasing music and Warner Brothers was, you know, trying to stop him saying like, you're producing too much. You have to slow up. You have to slow up. And it's like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm just produce. I just released myself on my own. So he set up a website. Actually, it was in the eighties. I, I, I misspoke. That was the nineties, but he, he released himself and just started releasing content on his own. That'd be so dope. If like Prince had a SoundCloud back in the day, <laughs> and just imagine him like linking up with like Lil Yachty and um, young thug or something. And like, you know, like re, re, um, re, um, <laughs> reposting yeah reposting shit from like like yes yeah, oh man in the now. 80s but yeah i mean that's uh, like that's the thing like i have a connection with prince and i do but it's not nearly to the level like i could say with you yeah and i just i just i didn't know about that I yeah didn't i just found it really that. fascinating um because he started the trend with like self-releasing music and then of course you know everyone from nine inch nails to radiohead has been self-releasing and then of course Beyonce self-released her last album pretty unexpectedly. People like the Bay Hive were suspecting that that was going to be um, what was going to what was going to be premiered on HBO mm-hmm. at least a visual album, but not the actual album itself. At right. the same time, we knew it was going to be something, and we didn't really know if it was going to be called Lemonade Two or any mm-hmm. that stuff. It's just like we know there's going to be some event happening, right? And at least she gave some kind of warning, unlike her last album that just fucking dropped. Yes. That just came out of nowhere. It was like December 13th. I was literally in bed, about to go to sleep. And then my entire timeline blew the fuck up. So um, it's just interesting seeing the way these artists have just, just taken ownership of their work and regarding and just letting them have this ability to release it on their own right and not having you know some label or some manager company or whatever dictating how they can release their content do you think that like has something to do like at least like with the output of the work because like i i think especially about prince and beyonce and they were really known for having very like their work was so heartfelt in a way like it's just like this like strong sense of like this strong work ethic that came out of it certainly certainly and i think that has something to do with like the fact that everything was pretty like self-released or very private in a way yeah and i can also bring up with some another another artist well band actually that came out with new music this year or this this week actually radiohead they are very cloak and dagger with their stuff very like behind the scenes they don't really release anything they'll like send out like a a random picture on their twitter feed or whatever it's like we're doing something but never an explanation there's no caption usually it's like we're tinkering with some weird electronic or we're in front of a symphony or what have you and there's or some random art piece that tom york decided to make with stanley downwood who is their um resident artist who does a lot who does all who have who has done i think all of their album work except for their first album but 
um, these three artists are just people who are very private with their work. They kind of, with the work ethic, like Radiohead strips everything and then starts from the beginning. They can't, there's, they're constantly like readjusting what they're producing all the time. Why do you think people are doing this so often now? Like, I, I mean, like it seems well, like, like everybody's been doing, doing it. You well, know yeah. I, okay. Well, like Radiohead's been doing this for like years. Well, yeah. And yeah, then, I and, understand I, that. and, and I feel like, you know, um, and so did Prince. They did it for decades. So like, I think as far as like people are doing it now, I think because record labels and distribution houses are becoming more and more obsolete. Mm-hmm. And because the power of the internet is so easy accessible, mm-hmm. then you know it's easier for you to release to your fans or release to a certain streaming service. Like with Beyonce, she has it on iTunes, but she also just has it exclusively streaming on Tidal. And of course, I mean she's part owner of that, so it makes sense that it's part of her brand and it's part of her distribution. But it also it, it limits some of the accessibility. Mm-hmm. So I have a theory of why this like kind of style of releasing is becoming super popular now. I think it's some kind of almost not necessarily a revolt that's happening, but almost like this feeling of wanting to like pull the curtain from the public, especially since a lot of our a lot of our lives are more public now. Certainly almost like passively or engagingly wise and everyone wants to participate in people's lives. Like, I remember, like, even Kendrick's album was kind of secretive, and then all of a sudden, it was just, like, all of a sudden, bam, like, album, and then, like, well, he Drake's did, album. Right, well... Not, um, not the newest one, but right, well, if like, you're reading this. Sure, because, like, like, I know Kendrick's album came out a week earlier than it was supposed to. Right, right, right. But it's just, like, it's something kind of exciting, because it's almost like with the internet and with digital culture, there's barely any secrets anymore. Yeah. And if you want to leak on anything, you really could. I mean, like, look at Apple products. Like, Sure. And, like, I mean, gosh, I feel like being a dead horse, but, like, I feel like with Radiohead, when they released um, In Rainbows, they essentially released it by themselves because their last four albums before that had gotten leaked. And um, their, I, it was Kid A got leaked, and Music got leaked, and Hail to the Thief got leaked. And they were like, you know what? This we're we're basically announcing our leak date when it's gonna be available online, because <laughs> back then there wasn't there wasn't really any streaming services like it was before Spotify before any of those other this is oh seven they're like um all right we're tired of our fucking service getting hacked so like <laughs> here's a release date here's our leak date and then we'll have it because they actually official they officially released the album on July first two thousand eight for a physical copy but um it came out October tenth mm. and. As far as like, you can buy it all. You can pay whatever you want for it, um, including free. But um, definitely, what you were saying though about just people with the secrecy and everything like that, and just being able to release their music, I think there's something to that. Yeah, no, I feel you 100 percent on that. I think with in regards to Drake and Kendrick and all these hip hop artists releasing content, I think it's just an, a, it's a better way for them to reach their fans and not have to go through all the bureaucracy that it's a radio, the a record label is. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to have a whole conversation about distribution, but I think. Because um, I know zero about that as far as the music wise goes. Right. But um, and I mean, it's a topic that's been constantly being talked about. And I don't want to just, you know, say the same rhetoric over and over again. Okay, but so um, I do think. You, sorry. Yeah. But, uh, what I was going to say, though, is I think there is something about just the ownership that is more intriguing to me. 
not so much about how it's distributed to the world, but then how like at the end of the the end result of it, once the artist lets go of it, releases into the world, and how it's kind of modified and mutated after that. So, do you believe when musicians or any kind of artist releases something into the world, it's no longer theirs? I, I, yeah. Why? Why? Because I don't agree. Right. Okay. This is how I feel about it. I think once it's released, you can't dictate how people are going to feel about that album, how how people are going to rate that album, how they're going to, or that art, you know, you, you know, you can't tell everybody this is good work. You can't make everyone feel that way. Once it's yours, you can't define it any longer. You can't yeah, def- but it's still their work though. Yeah, but I feel like people mix and remix it. They take it and, you know, you it's their work, but I feel like the ownership of it, you know, you have like these connections with these songs, with these art, and it it's no longer, I feel like there's, you feel almost possessive of certain songs and certain pieces of art because of the way they affect you. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's theirs, but it's not only theirs. It's everyone else's who is affected by it. I mean, I like. I feel like it's definitely like more like a gift. It's like here, this thing is from the bottom of my heart that I'm giving to you as a fan, and it's like kind of like this weird thing. And I guess going back to that like private and public thing, where it's almost like at least it seems like this way now, and maybe it's just because I'm like an old curmudgeon now, <laughs> of the sense that the fans now own the artist, almost like think look at uh, Lauren Hill. I think we talked about Lauren Hill on the show before mm-hmm. and about this idea that like the f- Lauren owes the fans an album, quote unquote, she owes the fans yeah. another album. I've, really, yeah. She doesn't owe anybody shit. Exactly. She doesn't. And I, and I don't, and I like, I don't believe that at all. Like I feel like, I mean, what I'm saying is I don't believe that she owes us anything. I'm what I'm thinking of is just like the idea of art in general as long as it's, it's released they can't claim full ownership of it anymore that's what i'm like they can't claim full ownership like i like like we were saying with i don't think that people have like this i know with me i don't have this possessive feeling about the actual artist who presents this work it's their work that i have possessive um at least some artists i feel like this is like my favorite song or my like i feel like there's just like this weird connection that you have when you come to certain things that you really love and adore maybe this is just me but I mean, I definitely think like there, there definitely is like some sort of emotional connection. Yeah, I agree. And, like I think mo- about and mo- emotional ownership. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I think about like man, when I hear feedback by Kanye, like that is an emotionally charged song to me. And I don't know what it is, but like whenever I hear that song, like I feel like that is my song. Like sure. that is a song that even though he has released that to the world, that song was written exactly for me when shit gets hard. I listen to that song and then I get hyped again and it like recharges it. And it's weird. Like I kind of battle with this idea too, especially like with his album, particularly because it was made so publicly almost mm-hmm. where you felt like you were following along mm-hmm. with him in the process and kind of being in his brain while he's trying to figure out like how the hell to make everything sound right. I don't know. It's and I, and I think I, I don't know if like you can we can put that on social media's fault where it's like when you have so much access to people, sure. And sometimes you're having so much access to people more than people who are sitting right across from you. Like, oh yeah, I know so much about people who put shit online than I do about my best friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And because they put that shit online, right? And it's like, oh wow, you made that public. Mm, that was questionable. But I mean, um, do you think that has something to do with the ownership though? 
I think it has part of it, but then even going as far as the actual tangible thing, like buying CDs and buying vinyl, but that's a piece of the work and you have like some weird, and you own that. Like you bought that album with your money and you own that art. So do you feel weird about like sharing a zip file of something? Sometimes actually I do. <laughs> Sometimes I do actually. Okay. Okay. Please explain this. Please explain this. Um, I know that it's like, you know, code and everything like that, but like, it's weird. It's weird. And I feel like I'm kind of stealing. Again, I, I used but to be all, like I the, used to be all about pirating, and now I was kind of like, "Fuck!" I, maybe this is why some I feel like it's like sometimes I feel like it's karma that maybe like I I stole a bunch of shit when I was like eighteen, and maybe it's biting me in the ass. I don't know. Yeah, it's I kind of feel that way. Like if if I'm like letting a friend like quote unquote borrow an album, not really borrow, but like here you can have the zip file of this album. I kind of feel like I'm like giving up some kind of part of my soul of like my connection with that certain thing. Like kind of like when you're letting somebody borrow like your CD, it's a little bit different. Like it kind of feels like even though this is just a complete copy of code and bits, it feels like my code and bits. Sure. And then I guess like I would um, go as far as like, you know, different medium uh, media of art, like books. Like I was, I used to be really big into like just letting people borrow books. And I have also, but when I, when I say borrow, I know I'm never getting that book back because like people borrow books for me and I'll never see it again. Mm. I just will never see it again. And I am in uh, like about five or six years ago, I had to like re stock my, my library of books because I had given away so many books. Mm. I had never gotten them back just to like through friends, or whatever. So this idea of just like taking it and owning it, you know, and like a, a piece of art that I bought this book that I bought with my money mm-hmm. and then gave it away to somebody else i'm 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 basically giving up my ownership of that art okay so i'm gonna like really open-ended this right now and mm-hmm. what i mean by open-ended this is like really kind of go into the weeds so do you think like with beyonce's new album mm-hmm. for instance and like this visual album and the amount of anticipation that happened from this do you think a lot of it is also credited to the scarcity factor of she doesn't put out much music a year you can only listen to it in certain spots and when she does put out something like it's it's a lot different than let's say like young thug who puts out music after music after music you know a new soundcloud link you know i mean very rarely will beyonce have a new soundcloud track up sure sure yeah so do you think that adds to the anticipation absolutely absolutely why do you think um because like with artists like her like radiohead who don't put out music very often these people and they have such a track record for producing such great work you want to know what's going on you want you the the curiosity factor is so heightened Mm -hmm. you've got to find out what it is and whenever these artists make an album it's an event it's not just an album it's something far more and i think it's because there's just all this curiosity behind it because their track record is so pristine always having such great music so much great art they produce you've got to find out what's going on and because they're so private you don't even have a inkling of what's going on do you prefer that versus music everywhere yes why i'm just curious like i i yeah i just want to know i want to i want to get into your brain chair okay um why i don't really like seeing the, the behind the scenes process it kind of reminds me of like back in the day when like they used to have those magicians who showed you all those tricks and how those and how those magicians were like here's how we do the tricks of the of the magic it's like that's kind of like a spoiler like, i hate spoilers it's weird the internet ruined magic at it, least like kind of that type of thing where it's like yeah. you can you can search anything 
yeah and it just in in, 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 but like to like coin a phrase it takes the magic away from the music like i don't want to know how beyonce got you know certain samples or how she got her voice to um to do a certain note or a certain um so you don't want to know the why about I don't the want to things. know why. I just want to enjoy the product, and I mean, I, I mean, it's probably because I'm not an artist, and I don't, and I don't really want to know how they got certain techniques. I think it's fascinating if I come mm-hmm. across it, but I'm not going to try to make it myself. Yeah, and it's really weird with that kind of like dynamic. Like it seems like in in the world, it's now either again, one or the other. Now you again, know I, I used to, yeah, and again, I used to be really into that. Like it's like, um, gosh, I can't remember your Radiohead. But I was really... I mean, they're tattooed on your body, so okay, it's yeah. understandable. Uh, um, <laughs> yes, listeners. Gosh, yes. I am that bitch. At the cards, they're like, oh my god, Radiohead, they're the best. Um, yeah, they're... I'm very excited about seeing the Milano Blues of this year. Anyway, um, they're just... I used to be really into like all the messages, message boards and, you know, trying to figure out where this song's origin was like like the, the song burn the witch just came out this past week that song's been you know in and around um their catalog since oh five maybe even before then i think maybe oh four and it just got released in 2016 like this is like a 12 year old song mm-hmm. and they were like reworking it and there's all these different versions of it they've teased it a couple of times and tour and played it alive. They actually never put out a full album. So like things like that. I was really into it. But now I'm just kind of I kind of enjoy not knowing what's going on, how these moving pieces are actually coming together. And with the Beyonce album, I was so hyped over formation and I was in formation <laughs> waiting for this album to come out. And I love pushing play and having no idea what was gonna happen next. Like, she literally started the album with a motherfucking melodic panic attack. Like, that is beautiful. It's absolutely gorgeous. Mm. And it was, and it brought me into this mindset that I've been in for a while of feeling anxious and feeling, you know, panicked. And it just set this incredible story and move. And I, I like knowing, not knowing what's going to happen next. Like, I was scared and then worried and then uplifted and then redeemed and i can't even tell you how many times i've cried from beyonce induced <laughs> um, moments this past few weeks because it's just so much is going on and i feel like if i had all this access prior to the album coming out i would never feel as deeply as i do about the music because all the magic all of the gleam all of the gold would be stripped away because it was mm-hmm. just like oh i know where that song came from oh i know i saw that from a few weeks ago when she debuted that album that that one video and blah 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 like i like just going on an adventure i like my favorite kind of music and favorite kind of songs are when you know you kind of like that kind of scooby-doo door and you and you push the wall and it just goes into a door and you have no idea what's going to happen behind it like that's what music is for me and i like having those experiences and i feel like if you have all that behind the scenes shit it just there's no mystery so you think artists should be more private i do honestly i i think that social media is great and i think that when artists do you know put their music on their music or whatever art they're doing publicly and i don't know if they either crowdsource certain things i know certain artists do that or they you know release things and trickle out certain things after a while 
I find I and, and I don't you know I'm not dissing them. I mean, if that's how they want to um, produce their their art and their media, awesome. But um, I always prefer a little little mystery. Yeah, I mean, like, because because I'm asking all this because I kind of had the same feeling about this too when I first heard Lemonade and. It was something that I was thinking about a lot, and I just find it like really, really interesting that Lemonade and Life of Pablo kind of came came out and so much around. has been coming out, and I yeah, am yeah, overwhelmed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and just like kind of like looking at them both as their own separate pieces of art, but mm-hmm. then kind of like their rollout strategies, and they're both like on two polar opposites of, sure. of the scale. You have almost, I think, as we called it, like yeah, I'm quoting myself, ha, huh? um, like a github styled open source album Mm -hmm. and then you have on the other side lemonade being a packaged polished project that is kind of like getting (laughs) oh my god i'm such a nerd getting a locked pdf and you can't edit that pdf Mm. (laughs) versus getting a pdf that has a bunch of comments inside Mm -hmm. that you can edit export to something differently like the two different sides of the album and listening to lemonade it it made me want to be more private yeah in a and, way and yeah. like because because like i have this that. yeah because i have this um there's something beautiful about sharing your process and sharing things in progress because that helps out other people in the long run but then there's something really fucking cool about working through something privately and maybe just reaching out to your closest people in your circle and then saying, here's this thing, and I will go back. You know, and I don't know if it's, like, because it feels more magical, as you said, in a way. I don't know. Like, I'm trying to realize so much of the gray area between the two. Sure. I mean, for oh, yeah. um, for me, I guess, like, Beyonce, she released Formation back in February. And, as you know, we were very excited about that. I'm still... Yeah, it was something. I, I still actually, I think it still might be my favorite song on the album. It's good. Good song. It's, it's, I mean, there's so many great, 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 great songs on the album. I can list them all for you. But um, when I listen to Formation after like all that goes through Lemonade and then it ends with Formation, there's just elation that you get. And I feel like because I already knew that song was coming, I knew that I was going to have a happy ending. But all of that road that we get to to get to formation was incredible. And I don't think I would have, and I think I appreciate formation now that I think I ever would if I hadn't heard it before. So I think there is a gray area where you can be public with certain things and releasing certain material up front and not necessarily show your process, show show what's up your sleeve, but at least give them a little taste. As opposed to like giving them everything throughout the whole process, almost like kind of peering in on your inspirations, mm-hmm. but not necessarily showing what showing is cards. actually happening. Yeah, you don't want to show your you don't want to show your hand. Yeah, you know, and I think, and I think that's what made Lemonade such an incredible achievement is because she was able to give this inc- a really, really, and really, really good um, video of formation months in advance and then she released a tour date tour dates we have no idea when this album's still coming out like she literally released it 
three days before her first tour date like she was like yeah i know i'm going on tour real soon don't worry it's coming it's coming it's coming Mm -hmm. and then like and then almost immediately you know right before i'm not immediately but like right before her tour date she releases its album and i think when and when i was listening to i was listening to her earlier today actually i've been listening to it nonstop, and i was waiting and i there was a moment where i was waiting for i felt like i was waiting for formation to show up on my listening track it's like i know what's coming like there was a lot of anger a lot of sadness and a lot of you know reconciliation and then the amazing elation and all that road going to formation and i think it's just it makes a whole album make sense because because you know because it it was it's such a it was such a departure from a lot of stuff that she was doing beforehand and mm-hmm. she was doing like she you know was very political and i thought oh it's gonna be her political album it's gonna be a political album then it turned on to be something else but then it still ends with formation and i think that's a statement mm-hmm. in itself yeah yeah i i don't know there's just so many fucking layers goddamn like she's so smart yeah there's a lot she's of layers. so smart and i'm so and i'm so happy that people are actually owning that she is smart because people were well saying that she was dumb and i just want to punch the ghost people in the throat so like like no she is very smart very 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 smart and she knows what the fuck she's doing um but yeah so but let's go back to prince um i feel like there is um something to be said about his work too because he did so much behind the scenes and mm. like with his vault opening like he can release an album a week for in the next century or some shit like that like he was constantly making and um yeah man he was constantly yeah, that, that he never work, that dude's work ethic was he never stopped shit, working man. he was yeah. always doing something and sometimes released albums and sometimes he, he released a bunch of shit but yeah. he i feel like the way he dealt with it and how he like completely just owned the internet like he mm. was like fuck the internet i'm done with it like so much so <laughs> i think a lot of folks can learn from that because like okay so i'm gonna be be complaining right now so okay. a lot of shit i hate <laughs> a lot of things i hate that's so beautiful are people that write online and believe that the key to like making something great is just like this one little trick or this like set of tricks you can do to like make something it's like for example the key to getting successful at a is just you have to wake up at this time eat this breakfast have this coffee and do like like try to find shortcuts yeah no you fucking work yeah you, you fuck work. You, you fucking work and you just like and you, and you, said. You yeah. work 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 yeah you tirelessly just like make a bunch of shitty drafts of whatever it is you're doing you like consistently craft at it like you're gonna have like hundreds and hundreds of like tries and then like eventually shit's gonna get better through practice mm-hmm. like no fucking body steps in front of like one thing and it magically becomes gold and i think like how i didn't know about this vault that prince had uh, i heard i've heard rumors about it and then hearing that it was like you know what that makes a lot of fucking sense because i guarantee a lot of those things in the vault are probably not that good yeah it's probably trash yeah it's it's it's, it's, yeah it's probably like that's probably why he didn't do anything with it yeah and the thing is like you you can't get like doves cry without working before that you know what i mean damn that sounds perfect so Uh, yeah uh, i don't know i'd uh, let that out chair 
totally no we'll for sure um and i get and i and i totally understand that too because like just and i think that's why he rejected the internet in a way too because it gave so much um access to all these people and them to like you know critique his work all willy-nilly and he was like you know what this is poison this is like not good for my mental health i'm backing the fuck out um what i loved about prince though his relationship to the internet is when people um did covers of his music he took that offline but my favorite (laughs) my favorite story of prince and this actually connects with radiohead (laughs) share no no no. it's funny it's funny so prince covered radiohead's creep at the 2008 coachella music festival and we're not familiar with coachella it's a music festival Rochella. Where, where, where white people <laughs> wear native things yeah they wear they, they culture appropriate all over the place yeah and um spend thousands of dollars on their nail art um yeah so coachella he played there and he covered radiohead's creep and people had like videotaped it because it was like, oh my God, he's playing Radiohead. And it was, it was a big deal because there was like their hype right after in Rainbow's Canal. It was a whole thing. Anyway, they, um, there was all these videos of him over, you know, performing Creep and he took them all down. <laughs> so much so that Radiohead, the band, couldn't actually watch Prince cover his, their song. And I just think that's the funniest shit ever because they were like they like mentioned like oh, i really liked because i think like one of them got interviewed and they're like oh yeah i heard about that but i can't watch it anywhere because prince took all the covers <laughs> off of youtube i mean there's something kind of badass about like totally. owning your image in that type of and way and i think that like and oh i'm sorry no no but no but like yeah exactly like owning your image and being able to like say hey you know i can give it and take it away mm-hmm. like and actually like i don't know it almost reminds me of like you know owning your image like yeah that's totally fine and i think that's especially important like as black folk too you Mm -hmm. know what i mean and this idea of yeah i'm owning my image i'm owning how i am perceived because that is the most important thing that i can do as a human it's the most humanizing thing i can do at this moment and control how you perceive me like that's a radical act yeah in a way you know what i mean totally and you know like with beyonce she's like taking ownership of like you know her musical styles like she put out a fucking country song yeah well you know country did come from black folks that's what i'm saying country boop, po- boop. that's what i'm saying country from black folks so she's like taking it she's like um actually we started this shit like she started off with like a jazz beat and then it went to a um, jazz groove and then went to a country groove and it's like yeah that's how it came to be and just taking that ownership is really interesting to me and you know, while I think that some art, um, not some art, but I feel like art, you know, can be possessed by the people who can, who access it and becomes theirs. It never stops becoming the artist's art either. It be- it becomes everyone's. It's not, just, it doesn't solely belong. I, I think I misspoke earlier when I was saying that it doesn't become the artist's art anymore, but it becomes everybody else's too. And I like the idea that while they give us this content, give us this media, they still have ownership and they could take it away from us whenever they want to, but they still give it to us. And with that, we all own it. And I think that is a cool thing about art is that it's not just the artists who produce it. It's everybody's. All right. Well, you know, I'm not going to like hop on Instagram and just like order a takedown on everyone's Instagram, my artwork. (laughs) (laughs) 
It might be badass though. No, I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like, I don't know. I just like the idea that like it's no longer just yours anymore. That you, when you do release that kind of, when you do release art, you can't. Well, you can't control how people perceive it. it. You can't, and and that's just part of that's just part of the course. You can't, you can't, you can't, you know, make everyone love your art or hate your art if that's what you want. Like, yeah, hate it. I want you to hate it. <laughs> I, I thrive in your hatred. Um, you can't always. Hey, that's a thing. Oh, I know. Oh, I know it is. But you know, you can't dictate what people are going to perceive right. your art. But I like the idea that you know everyone owns a little piece of it. Yeah. I don't know. I like it. Some people on their bodies. Exactly. Some people don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't have any like Kanye tattoos. Well, that's fine. You're gonna get one, I'm sure. Yeah, I didn't show you the one on my lower back, so it's fine. What? <laughs> I want to see. No, it's okay. There's one on my hip that you'll never see because <laughs> it's true. You just oh never God. see it. <laughs> you never will. But yeah. Um. But um. Yeah. I. I just. I want to. I want to talk about more about lemonade, but I don't want to. Just re return everything into everyone because everyone said so much about it already. Um, I love it. I, I play it more often than I haven't. Should we just give shout outs to other people that have talked about lemonade that have yes. done a great job? Yes. So we don't retread. Totally. Um, listen to the Reeds album review. It's very good. Um, you should check out. I wasn't really keen on listening to white people listen um, review this album, but. I really loved um, Rob Shelfield from Rolling Stone. He did. He gave um, the first R and B five star ever Rolling Stone to Beyonce's album. So shout out to Rob Shelfield. He wrote some of my favorite um, memoirs. And mm-hmm. um, the guys from Sound Opinions. They sometimes are problematic, but they were really good about um, reviewing Beyonce's album and brought up some interesting points. Also, lastly, switched on pop. They just did an album. They just did a um, episode, really good about Prince and about Beyonce. So, those are mine. What about yours, James? Um, I really liked uh, episode one thousand one hundred and eighty-seven of the Black Who Tips. They did uh, a breakdown of Lemonade, and I especially love theirs because they are from the South. Mm. So, getting their perspective totally. of Beyonce Southern ass was mm-hmm. really, really interesting and very, very refreshing. That's all I got. That was a good one. Sounds good. So R.I.P. The Purple Artist. Thank you so much for all of your work. Thank you for giving us art. Thank you for letting us own a little piece of it, even if you took you know took it offline. Mm-hmm. Um, but we appreciate you and everything you've done. Like you're, ugh, I can't even express how much it's weird to know that you're not around anymore. Yeah, and you know, wait, I lied. There was one thing that Prince has a special place in my heart. So it was the morning of my very, very first solo exhibition I was mm-hmm. having. And I was having brunch with the show's favorite peach emoji. And we went to Flying Saucer out in Chicago's Humble Park neighborhood. We're getting some food. And as soon as our food came in, Prince's When Doves Cry came on. And then after that, it was just like the whole Purple Rain album mm-hmm. started coming on as we were eating. And I was so anxious and I was so like wound up about showing art for the first time in Chicago. But then once that came on, I felt loosed up. I was ready. And whenever Prince comes on, ever since that moment, I just think about like that moment when I was like, fuck, I 
am a professional artist. And it was like this really reassuring hug. So mm. big up to you, Prince. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for sharing. That was really sweet. Yeah. yeah, Prince has just been in my life since, I don't know, forever. Um, I think my my biggest Prince memory is probably, it's of when, when Doves Cry as well, but my sister, she was 13, and she got her first video camera. And so we were hanging out near our house in High Park. And um, there's this part, there's this, um, there's a spot near the lake called Promontory Point. And we're on the rocks and we're trying to take like, you know, cinematic pictures and like weird videos because of the of the waves hitting the rocks from Lake Michigan. And my sister found out there was this feature where you can like do the mirror image screen where the images are split. And of course, at first thought, we both are like, oh, look when the doves cry. So we decided to try to recreate as much as we possibly could of that album, um, of that, um, that music video amongst the rocks singing the songs and it's just a really sweet moment just between my me and my sister like trying to create something together because we never really collaborate on much um artistically together she does her own she paints and she's really really talented but um and we've seen together sometimes but not in that medium before and so um it was really fun just being able to create and prince he's just prince for everybody This episode was brought to you by Cards Against Humanity. They asked us not to read an ad, so enjoy the show. Hey, Cher. Hey. You know what time it is? It's open call time. It's open call time. (laughs) It's open. It's open call time. So what open is your open call? Open, open call. call. It's open call time. Um, Share. So I went this past Tuesday to the Lagunitas Brewery House in Chicago's Douglas Park. It was really, really fun. I haven't been there before. It is massive. It's so big. I believe you can fit at least six football fields inside of it. And it's just this huge warehouse. Um, they actually have the song from Willy Wonka, Pure Imagination, playing in the hallway as you walk up to the tap room. Like, it sounds really, you know, silly and a little bit hyperbolic, but it's just, it's really rad. So, um, NPR Music, song, um, All Songs Considered, had an event there for their Tiny Desk concert. Um, and it was for the contest they had this past, I believe, February for their um, South by Southwest performance. And um, Gayla Lynn Lee performed, and she was outstanding. She used to be in a she's she plays the fiddle, but she plays as a cello. And oh my gosh, just check her out, see her YouTube, see her Tiny Desk concert. It is unbelievable. There's also some really fun. Um, there was a really fun band called Power Bottoms, who are like this. Um, power- <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> oh, I know. Oh, I know. Nah, it's so great. It's such a great name. That's great. That's it's good. a great name, it's and it's all name. consonants. It's no no vowels in it. So fantastic. It's a really great. And uh, they're a power punk power punk band, and it's just, they're a duo, very much like Japan Droids. If you like that band a little bit, but they're more punk than Japan Droids. But anyway, really really fun. And um, also, but I think the best part of that whole night was just like in the middle of those, these two performances, they had like a panel of artists and. Um, um, radio personalities just talking about their some of their favorite songs, and I think 
um, there's something beautiful about just talking about music with a group of people and just people's tastes, different stories behind these songs. And there, my favorite one was this beautiful story about a Phil Collins song, One More Night. Oh, it was about his mom. It was just so beautiful. And you don't get that. You don't get those kind of stories from um, many people. Like, I mean, sometimes you might get it from like a movie, very rarely from a TV show. But I think with music, it's so universal. Anyone can share, you, know, you can share music with people. And I feel like it's the closest thing we have to like campfire stories. Hmm. So I don't know. Something beautiful about just the power of music and how um, one song can mean so many different things to so many different people. Anyway, that's my two cents. Um, about you, James, what's your open call this week? So I want to give a shout out to Columbia College for the open call this week and their Dock Your World event. Woo! They were so nice mm-hmm. to have myself, Cher, and Alex Cox join them on behalf of Pulse Loudness. Um, if you don't know, Pulse Loudness is a little podcast collective that the three of us started not too long ago. Um, focusing on hosts that are people of color, women, and queer identified. And we sponsored their event. And it was so nice to be around really, really hungry students and seeing their work and seeing them incredibly passionate and happy about what it is that they create in the world. Also, the documents, also the documentaries were low-key really really good and it it was just so it was like an amazing really positive time to just be around them and just kind of like feed off of their energy and make my cynical brain feel a little bit more optimistic (laughs) and it was good it was like a nice two-day recharger it was the reason why i'm in sweatpants right now because i was dressed up (laughs) during that time use all your good stuff and i was just like yo like I pre I I like looking nice, but yeah, it tired me out. But it did really re-energize my spirit, and I'm feeling like all hyped up and recharged. So thank you, Columbia College, and the Doctor World event. You should definitely check out some of the film pilots that were premiered then, and scope out some of their work. They're really really good. Yes. episode 53 we did it james yeah we did yeah we did it we did it here we we do yeah Yeah, we do Mm -hmm. so i want to give a special shout out to the chicago podcast co-op for letting us be a part of their network yay cpc and if you like this show you might enjoy roboism so tell me about roboism share sure alex cox and savannah million discuss robots and feminism but mostly robots that is the roboism podcast here at the cpc so we want to give a special thanks to Cards Against Humanity for letting us use their space. Thank you, Cards. This episode was produced by me with editorial oversight by Cher Vincent. And who did the music? U plus one F six zero C, which is the Unicode for the Blizzard emoji and is James Musical Side Project. You can also rate us on iTunes. You can recommend us on Overcast and you can be the needle and thread to us on Stitcher. The Stitch. You can donate and become a member that's how we pay the bills. I am doing more grocery shopping right after this. And since I said it's laundry day, quarters don't appear themselves. So how can you donate to the show and make sure Cher and I can eat? Indeed, you can go and help me get my bus fare at openended.fm slash donate. Or you can become a member at Patreon starting at $1 a month. And that is patreon.com slash openended. Also, we want to know what you think about this show. 
We're 53 episodes in and we can't get better without your feedback. Trust us, we have thick skins. So let us know what we're doing right or what we're doing wrong. How? Or if you have a question about something that you want to be featured in our open up segment when we don't have a guest, you can go to ask.fm slash open ended and enter into our ask call or you can use hashtag ask open ended and also you can contact us at openended.fm slash contact email us at the open ended podcast at gmail.com or hit up uh, hit us up on twitter at open ended fm so we have no guests next week so again you have to deal with the both of us mm-hmm. so hope you enjoy that but yeah open open up we'll hopefully return next week but that depends on you so send us some asks yeah we that's a word i just made up asks yeah ask us questions because we want to answer stuff for you indeed do you have anything coming up you want to tell people about uh nothing at the moment what about you james well i do if you are in the chicago area and you are around on may 15th i'm speaking on a panel at the chicago cultural center for the lake fx summit so it's this panel called artists respond to the times and i'm speaking with a barack adi soli cheryl pope emmanuel pratt monica trinidad and melda mcneil so yeah we're just gonna be talking about like our best practices strategies um and yeah just like we're sharing knowledge knowledge is power yeah yeah we are so you should come through and say hey so as we say at the end of every episode keep things open-ended